الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض أسقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها يومئذ تحدث أخبارها بأن ربك أوحى لها يومئذ يصدر الناس أشتاتا ليروا أعمالهم فمن يعمل ملمسقان ذرة خيرا يره ومن يعمل مسقان ذرة شرا يره آیات اف قرآن شریف آہدایت اللہ تعالیٰ ریویل قرآن شریف اور گائیڈنس رادیکل کتاب الری بفی hidayat but who will take this hidayat those who turn to Allah Ta'ala open their hearts out for it Allah Ta'ala will make it a means of their guidance in order to bring our hearts and minds to the reality repeatedly in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala discusses mentions the akhirat Because the akhirat is reality. Dunya, dunya in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes it, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ That this dunya is mata'u al-ghurur. It is goods of deception. So what the Quran Sharif describes as deception cannot be reality. So does it mean that there is no reality to what we are living in? No, what we get deceived about, the dunya, that way it appears to be something that will remain forever. Even a person who believes that he is going to one day leave dunya, dunya, or this dunya is going to one day leave him, one day leave him, but the manner in which that dunya is still taken to heart, and how the dunya dictates over his life, how the dunya makes him its slave, this is where he becomes sometimes deceived. This is the deception of dunya. So this is what Allah Ta'ala refers to it as the mata'ul ghurur. It's just goods of deception. And it makes big, big promises to a person. Then it leaves him, at the 11th hour it leaves him in the lurch. He was planning big, big things for the dunya, But the dunya let him go alone. Neither the dunya could keep him behind. When the time came, then he had to part with it. And he had no choice in the matter also. Whether he wanted to or not, he had to leave. So the reality is akhirat, because that is everlasting. That is the eternal abode. 
So that is reality. Something that is a passing phase, passing phase and very soon will be over. That is not something to attach the heart to. So repeatedly in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala brings the reality of Akhirat in front of us. And right from the beginning of the Quran Sharif, right up to the end, the beginning of the Quran Sharif, in Surah Al-Fatiha, Maliki Yawmiddin. Right in the beginning of the Quran Sharif, we are already being reminded of the last day. Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. That the Day of Judgment is coming. Don't think dunya to be the be-all and end-all. And that dunya, whatever you want to do, you'll go on with it, no problem. When the time of the Akhirat comes, we'll see. It'll be too late to see then. From day one, from the first moment, the Quran Sharif is reminding, Maliki Yuki Yuki Yomiddin, remember this, Hisab Kitab. There is an accountability. One Buzrug, pious person, he said to his son that, look, every day, whatever you do for the day, all your, whatever actions are, etc., whatever you do, at the end of the day, you must come and give me a complete detailed report about it. Now, this was a time and a place and in a scene where when the father said something, the elder said something, then that was it. We have to obey it. It wasn't that if the father said one thing, then the son will say two things. If the father said two, then the son will say four. And it wasn't the time when parents had to, for the sake of nurturing their children and guiding them and keeping them on track, it wasn't the time when they had to negotiate with them. Now we have to negotiate how to create, how to create, how to sort or set the system, what's to be done and what's not to be done, they have to be negotiated. And in that negotiation, something's you'll have to, you'll get and some things you'll have to give. And that child might also say that, you see, it all works with give and take. So you keep giving and I'll keep taking. So that was not the time when this was the scene. It was a time when somebody was told something, then that was it. My elder, my senior, my parents, grandparents, obviously something within the limits of Shariat and Deen. So any case when now this was the instruction given, so he began now taking note of everything. I did this and I went here and I spoke this to so and so and this is what I looked at. But now this became very cumbersome and very big burden on him now. At the end of the day he comes now and he starts giving the full report. Well I went in the morning here and then I did this and I did that. And I spoke to this person and I met that person. So one day, two days, by the third, fourth day, he started becoming very tired of this. So then after a few days, he came to his father that night and he, after giving his old report, he said, it's obvious that you want to give me some lesson out of all this. But now why are you putting me through this whole procedure of giving you a full account? Now the whole day, first is I could ponder and keep thinking, now what am I doing? And remember it to... And then, each time I will keep thinking, but do I want to do this or not? Because now I'm going to have to give an account about it. I have to talk about it later in the evening. 
So there was that level of honesty as well. Now this whole, now this whole day, now this whole day is coming, my whole head is now very heavy with this. So if you want to tell me something, you want to advise me something, go ahead and give me the advice. This is now getting too much for me. The father responded and said, this is the advice. This is the advice that remember, you got tired in two, three days time in giving an account to your old father. Who, what he's going to do, at the most he will just listen to what you're going to say. He might say some words of advice. If more than that he might admonish you or reprimand you or say something to advise you. More than that what can he do and what can he know? So when you already are becoming so overcome by this, that how am I going to keep giving my father this account every day and this record every day, record every day, record every day, then bear in mind that you are going to have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala who is Alimun Khabir, who is Alimul Ghaybi wa Shahada. You are going to have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala who is the know of the unseen, who knows what the heart conceals, who knows what the deception of the eye was, who knows everything. And you're going to have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala and give an account. So now just as the whole day, because I asked you for an account, an account, an account, you now became conscious, you became concerned. You are now being careful, being careful, being careful. When perhaps you might have wanted to do something, but then when you thought about it that now, tonight I have to tell my father everything, you said rather leave it out because I don't want to tell him something like this, something like this, something like this. So when you felt embarrassed to do something because you could do something, because you could do something, because you could bring that to the attention of your father, remember Allah Ta'ala is all knowing, all seeing. And you're going to have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and give an account of all your deeds. So this was that lesson, that Akhirat. The Qur'an Sharif repeatedly brings the reality of Akhirat in front of us. And right from the beginning of the Qur'an Sharif, right to the end, is this Akhirat. So in this surah of the Qur'an Sharif that was revealed, that was recited, this too is a complete discussion about Akhirat. About Qiyamat. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Describe the surah as half of the Quran Sharif, meaning in terms of the reward of recitation, the reward of recitation, the reward of recitation. Now this is Allah Taala's prerogative. It doesn't mean that a person recited Surah Zilzal, then he is equal to the person who recited fifteen paragraphs of the Quran Sharif. What is the actual recitation itself in terms of the reward? But then in terms of the effort of recitation, effort of recitation, effort of recitation, the effort of recitation will carry its own reward. That person will get the effort, the reward of the effort of 15 paras, recitation of 15 paras. Which this person obviously can't compare that. So how far that would take the person that is now beyond what we can count. That mujahada, that effort, that time. And that benefit of reciting physically each ayat. So the basic reward, this is it. This is half the Qur'an Sharif. So that too is a very great thing. But it might occur in our hearts and minds, but what is the significance of this? Why such a great virtue? Allah alone knows. 
It's Allah Ta'ala's prerogative. But one of the hikmahs could be that so that we'll get inspired and motivated to recite it often. So much of reward, I should recite it often. But in reciting it often, one is the reward, one is the tilawat and the reward of it. But simultaneously, it is the message and the reminder. So now a person sometimes in his sunnah salah, sometimes in out of salah, other times he might be reciting it, but reciting it consciously, reciting it, taking the message and the lesson with it. That is what the Quran is all about. Quran Sharif is for Hidayat, for giving us the message of the Quran. Allah Ta'ala in, this, in these ayat, in this surah, Allah Ta'ala says, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا That when the earth will be shaken by its final quake, one explanation of this is, that after everybody has already, Qiyamah has come, meaning the, after the first time that the trumpet has been blown, and everybody is already now in their graves. Those who were living at that time also are all dead. And now when the trumpet will be blown for a second time to herald Qiyamah itself. That is that quake. So now the earth will be shaken. And some commentators say it's even the first that is being referred to. Now this earthquake, the violent shaking of the earth, sometimes in a very, very small sample of this here and there in the world, we see what destruction it brings. It affects a very, very small area compared to the whole world. That quake takes place in some very small section of the earth. But sometimes its effects are so huge and so destructive that Vast areas around it are flattened. Now this is a very, very small example of what will come on the day of Qiyamah. Can we imagine that violent shaking of the earth? Allah Ta'ala is saying when that earth will be shaken, will be shaken, And The whole scene of Qiyamah is being depicted. That وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَسْقَالَهَا And when the earth will throw out its burdens, أَسْقَال <coughs> Burdens. What is a burden? In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Wasallam explains that when the earth will throw out, one is it will happen even before Qiyamah. And then in Qiyamah all this will be flattened completely. All the contents of the earth, gold, silver, whatever else, in, in columns, huge columns, it will be thrown out. Nobody will have to go to mine it. Nobody will have to go and dig it out from somewhere. The earth will throw it out. And it will be lying like in huge columns on the earth. And people will pass by. And the person who murdered somebody for dunya, He'll come past and he'll look at it. This huge column of gold lying here and worthless. And he'll say, Asi haza kataltu? Did I murder because of this? This worthless thing? I murdered somebody for this? 
somebody who had severed relationships as a result of dunya, he'll pass by and he'll stop and look at all these things lying around, worthless. And he'll say, Afi haza qata'atu? Did I break relationships because of this? Was this, was this really worth the while? It's now lying here worthless, like stones. And somebody who had committed theft, and as a result his hand was cut, and he'll come and he'll look at all this lying around worthless, and see for this worthless thing my hand got cut, I allowed myself to fall in such a despicable situation, that for something so worthless I gave my hand away, and all be lying there is worthless. This is the burden that the earth will spew out. This is that before Qiyamah will also happen to make it clear and obvious that what is the reality of all these things. What is the reality is that it's not something worth putting in the heart. As long as it has some benefit for the person in the hands, no problem. Like many other things. But it's not worth putting in the heart. Because one day a person will be regretting why I gave my heart to all this. Because when it comes in the heart, then from the heart, then from the heart, the heart is king. And when the heart is king, and all this is in the heart, then this is going to dictate what's going to happen. This is going to dictate how the tongue is going to speak. This is going to dictate what the mind is going to think. This is going to dictate where the hands, in which direction it will move, what it will hold, where the legs will go. Heart is king. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu in the hadith he says that there is a organ in the body when that is salih salih when that is good pious then all the limbs of the body will be salih and if it is fasid then fasad al jasadu kullu all the limbs will become fasid so the king is the heart and the limbs are the subjects. Now often, we take all the care about the subjects. The subjects, the subjects are fed, the subjects are clothed, the subjects are comforted, the subjects are given whatever they want, all the luxuries and comforts. But the heart is crying for its own nourishment. The heart is neglected, that's king. So the king is being starved. And the subjects are being fed. The, the, the king is hard. But the king is being starved. The king has it. The king doesn't want clothes to wear some branded labels. That's not, not going to give any sukoon to the heart. The king, the heart, that doesn't get his nourishment from delicious food. That the stomach gets. The heart gets its nourishment. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, this is the nourishment of the heart. The obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Now that the heart is starving and is being deprived of its nourishment and the rest of the body, all the subjects, they are being given their nourishment. They are being given what they want. But the heart, but the heart, but the heart is being deprived and starved. So the heart is only going to gain the peace and sukoon and tranquility 
in the manner that Allah Ta'ala has already spelled out to us. In no other way you'll get it. And this is the qualification, Ya Allah, bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. This construction, it shows hasr only in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Will the heart get peace? And the remembrance refers to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala and all the things that go along with that, enhancing that obedience. So, in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that the earth will throw out its burdens. This insan will be looking at it and he's saying, what happened to this earth? Why is it behaving in this manner? It won't finish off there. Then the earth will even give all its information. Everything is recording. And when Allah Ta'ala wills, Allah Ta'ala makes it speak. In the Akhirat, Allah will make everything speak. Allah Ta'ala will make the limbs of insan speak. We'll seal their mouths, their hands will speak, their legs will testify where they were going, what they were doing. Everything will speak. Their skins will speak. But in dunya also, whenever Allah Ta'ala works, Allah Ta'ala makes it speak. When Zulaikha tried to trap Yusuf into sin, but he immediately fled towards Allah Ta'ala. But now when they suddenly ran out of that house, one after the other, the locked doors, Allah Ta'ala caused it to miraculously open out for his Salaam. Because he fled towards Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's help fled towards him. So miraculously all those doors broke open, but now when suddenly the last door broke open and he ran out, and she just ran behind him, her husband was standing right there. So he saw this whole scene. So, so now when he saw this whole scene, she had, to, she had to now quickly make up a story, cover up something, and try to shift the blame. So she immediately tried to shift the blame onto him. That what is going to be the punishment of the one who tried to now defile the honor of your family, she totally shifts the whole blame onto him. But he immediately now clarifies the position because now she's making a false accusation, she's making bohtan, she's a slander. So now he puts forward his clarification. I was not responsible for this at all. She tried to trap me into sin. But now who is there to now come and sort this matter out, on the one side is this minister's wife, who all these years he hasn't had any doubt about her. And on the other side is this person who's grown up in his house, whose honesty, whose trustworthiness, whose piety, and all the good qualities about him is seen with his own eyes. And he's so confident about him. And now this is the scene in front of him. What does he believe here and how does he unravel this situation? It was a very complicated situation for him. But now for Yusuf this was a very very difficult moment. That now he is being falsely accused, slandered. 
with something that now, how does he present his innocence? How does he prove his innocence? So the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, وَشَهِدَ شَاهِدٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِهَا That a witness from her people, her family gave evidence. Now who was this witness? Some of us explained, there was a little child who normally at that age the child doesn't speak. Like for example now, couple months old child, two, three months old child, baby, was lying in a cradle somewhere there. So they, she took no notice of this, that this child in this cradle, who's going to bother about this? What is this child going to see to start off with? And if this child sees anything, what is going to understand? And if this child sees and understands anything, what is going to speak? But that child in that cradle now spoke. And it spoke, it spoke in such a way that it gave not just uh, a, a judgment, because now that too could be now put into some confusion now that I don't know whether this child, something just came out from somewhere, gave a whole procedure of getting to the end result. In kana qamisuhu quddamin qubulin fasadaqat wa huwa min al-kazibin wa in kana qamisuhu quddamin duburin فَكَذَبَتْ وَهُوَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ That you must now investigate this matter, see from which side his shirt got torn, his kurta is torn, it's torn from the back, then she's lying. He's the truthful one. So now this whole thing became clear as daylight. Yusuf is innocent in this. But the point is, the lesson that we are to take, Allah Ta'ala made that baby speak. That baby who, at that age a child doesn't speak. But that baby was recording also. That baby was also recording. Allah Ta'ala world, Allah Ta'ala made it speak. Now this is given to us as a lesson. That look, don't think you're walking around, you're somewhere in a foreign land, or you are in, among people who don't have any idea who you are, where you came from. So now it's a license to just carry on anyhow. Oh, a person is alone in his own house too. And because he's now alone, and nobody else around. So now I don't need to be too bothered about what I do and what I see. And no, no. Allah Ta'ala is making everything else record. Allah Ta'ala knows everything Himself. Allah Ta'ala is alimul ghaybi wa shahada. Allah Ta'ala is creating witnesses among His makhluk as well. And on the day of the day of Qiyamah, even this earth is recording everything. Tuhaddithu akhbaraha. It will now on the day of Qiyamah give all its information. That this person, this is what he did. This is the good so and so did. And this is the sin this person did on my back. Why will the earth start speaking? Because it's Rabb gave it the command to do so. So Allah Ta'ala will command everything to speak. When the limbs will be asked that why are you now testifying against me? Allah Ta'ala made us speak. So everything will now testify against if the person did wrong. The earth will also testify. Say that day of Qiyamah, when people will go in now scattered groups to go and see the end result of their actions. What they did in dunya, what is the end result? What is going to bring now? This whole scene of Qiyamah is being put in front of us. We are being trained by this repeated mention of Akhirat, of these scenes of Qiyamah, to sit down and ponder about this. This is an ibadat in itself. 
this tafakkur. And it's a very great ibadat. Repeatedly in the Quran Sharif, Inna fi zalika la ayatil liqawmi yatafakkaroon. Inna fi zalika la ayatil liqawmi yatafakkaroon. These are signs for people who make tafakkur, who ponder, who contemplate, who meditate on these things. This is an ibadat. Very great ibadat. Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala an, his wife says his ibadat was tadabbur. His ibadat was tafakkur. Most of the time he would be in this contemplation. Obviously he did whatever his amal were, but a great amount of time was in this tafakkur and tadabbur. One of the sahaba, perhaps it was Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he says that for me to be reciting Surah Zilzal or Surah Al-Qiyamah, in such a manner that I start off by the time I finish reading this morning. That is better for me than reciting the whole Quran Sharif in such a fashion that my heart wasn't in it. I read this one surah but in such a way that the whole message of the surah was absorbed in my heart. So now what contemplation there would be in that recitation about the scene of Qiyamah. And about standing and giving an account of one's deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And accounting for every little thing. That every little thing is thereafter being explained. In the next ayat. That the person who in this world did an atom's worth of good. You will see the end result of it. The end result of it is not only confined to the akhirat. End result of it very often will come in and will come in dunya as well in different ways. The good will bring the good. It'll bring it in dunya also. And in akhirat is where the real place is, where the reality is in akhirat. So a person should never ever let the opportunity of any good go, because that good will bring back its good even in dunya, the form of barakat blessings. In the form of tawfiq from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. In the form of the heart getting more attached to Allah ta'ala. What a great na'mad that is. What greater reward that a person can ask for in dunya than that his heart becomes more inclined towards Allah ta'ala. His heart becomes detached from dunya and becomes attached to Allah ta'ala. That becomes the reward of good even in dunya. The person who has done an atom's worth of evil, of wrong, he'll see the result of that too. Meaning he hasn't repented from that wrong, didn't make toba, and just carried on with life, he'll see the end result of that. So this whole surah is giving us this very, very deep lesson that we have to be pondering, contemplating, sitting down, taking time. These muraqabat. These are very, very important, very essential. They are often just taken as a good thing, but fine, it's not so... If it happens, it happens, it doesn't happen, no big deal. But for the person who wants to truly get closer to Allah Ta'ala, truly improve in his amal, he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala and become among the special servants of Allah Ta'ala, person who wants to overcome the maladies of the heart, cleanse the heart out of all the evils that are lurking therein, the pride, the malice, the jealousy, the ego, the love of dunya, 
person wants to truly inculcate the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. For all these things, this tadabbur, this tafakkur, this contemplation, this muraqaba, whatever name you want to give it, that all brings it to the same reality and essence, this is extremely essential. It's not farz and wajib in the technical sense, that if a person now, like he didn't perform his fajr salah, he'll be missing out a farz. It's not on that technical definition of farz. But for a person who wants to get there in that manner and become closer to Allah Ta'ala, wants to overcome those maladies of the heart, he's concerned about his heart becoming attached to Allah Ta'ala, then for him this tadabbur and tafakkur is essential. Essential. Without this it's very difficult. This is what creates fikr. It creates this consciousness and concern. When a person keeps now reflecting, reflecting upon his own self. What am I doing? How am I conducting myself? All Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat I'm using and enjoying all the time. How am I conducting myself? What am I doing? What is the kind of picture that I may be presenting to others? But what is my reality within myself? I know my reality. What is in my heart? Where is my mind all the time? And what kind of shukr have I expressed to Allah Ta'ala for all his ni'mat and bounties? What are my aspirations? To all these things, questioning oneself and reprimanding oneself. What is the problem with me? How can I, talking to one's nafs, how can you continue like this? And suddenly if Malakul Moth comes, are you ready? Are you prepared to give an account? Have you made Toba? If somebody else talks to us like this, we'll get very offended. So therefore we should talk to ourselves about it. Somebody else starts talking to us like this, we'll tell him, you mind your own business. So we should rather talk to ourselves like that. Because we need it. If somebody, some child, whoever, sometimes, somebody who is, some, maybe an employee, sometimes our wife, Allah forbid, sometimes our parents, Something somewhere goes wrong, somebody does something which we feel irritated about, then they will really hear about it. But the nafs, what not it does, it hears nothing. Others say, look, don't tramp my toes. But the nafs, nafs is capsizing us too, but there's nothing about it. Somebody else forget tramp our toes, it only brush past us, that too be a big problem. The nafs is making us fall into such destruction, but that nafs is not being reprimanded, that nafs is not being cautioned. So this is that very important part of this Islam and Tazkiyah and the cleansing of the heart. A very important process in all this is this muraqaba, is this tafakkur, this tadabbur, this contemplation. And as a result of this, this chastising of the nafs, reprimanding of the nafs, in this way, when this happens regularly, consistently, it starts creating fikr. It starts creating this concern and consciousness. When this consciousness and fikr comes, then that is the key to a person moving forward. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah ta'ala bless us with the reality of the akhirat. Allah ta'ala make it become very deeply embedded in our hearts so that it guides everything that we do in life. How we conduct ourselves, what we do, what we don't do. Allah ta'ala bless us all. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. 
ഹലോ <laughs> ഇന്നല്ല <laughs> 
اللهم الف بين قلوبنا اللهم الف بين قلوبنا واصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات الى النور وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وجنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وبارك لنا في اسماعنا وابصارنا وقلوبنا وازواجنا وذرياتنا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم واجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مسنين بها قابليها واتمها علينا اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah اله العالمين يا الله we acknowledge all the wrong things that you have يا الله we are your most sinful servants يا الله there is nothing we can hide from you يا الله but you are most forgiving يا الله you are most compassionate يا الله you are most kind يا الله you are most forgiving يا الله you love forgiving يا الله اله العالمين forgive us يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major minuses يا الله forgive our families يا الله forgive our friends and relatives يا الله forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam اله العالمين يا الله شوى يا مغفرة يا الله اله العالمين شوى يا مغفرة يا الله شوى يا رحمة يا الله اله العالمين remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah يا الله اله العالمين يا الله you guide the ummah يا الله اله العالمين اللهم اصلح امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج عن امه سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اله العالمين يا الله guide us and the entire ummah to that which you are pleased with يا الله الا save us and the entire ummah from all those actions that you are displeased with يا الله اله العالمين make us your true and obedient servants يا الله make us your loyal slaves يا الله اله العالمين remove us from the slavery of shaitan يا الله remove us from the slavery of our nafs يا الله اله العالمين يا الله bring us into your slavery يا الله اله العالمين يا الله grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jamaah يا الله grant us khushu and khudu in our salah يا الله اله العالمين grant us such a salah which you are pleased with يا الله اله العالمين يا الله grant us the tawfiq of doing all those amal you are pleased with يا الله save us from all the sins يا الله purify us and cleanse us from all the evils of the sins ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah our hearts are filled with all the evil ya allah ilahu alamin this heart was meant to be a place of your muhabbat ya allah it was meant to be the house of your love ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah our hearts were supposed to be beating with your name ya allah our hearts were supposed to be filled with your muhabbat ya allah our hearts were supposed to be filled with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam our hearts were supposed to be filled with the yearning of akhirat ya allah with the yearning of jannah ya allah with the yearning of seeing your vision in jannah ya allah ilahu alamin our hearts have should have been yearning to recite the quran sharif ya allah ilahu alamin our hearts our hearts instead are filled with all the filth and muck ya allah ilahu alamin what ter- terrible zulm we have committed to ourselves ya allah ilahu alamin forgive us ya allah forgive us ya allah cleanse our hearts out ya allah purify our hearts from all the filth and evil ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah allahumma zuqna hubbak allahumma zuqna hubbak اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك احب الينا من انفسنا واهلينا ومن الماء البارد اله العالمين الله grant us tawfiq of all the good amal ya allah save us from every sin and vice ya allah save us from the sins of the eyes and ears ya allah from the sins of the tongue ya allah from the sins of the hands and feet ya allah from the sins of the heart ya allah 